0: These issues, whether it be abortion, LGBTQ, CRT, BLM, I address these every Sunday in my sermons. You know, people say, well, we don't want to make waves. We don't want to offend people. We just want you to preach the gospel. I come to church to hear the Bible. And I'm like, yes, you do. But we also have to put that in the context of our times and what the application is. And it's impossible to get the results that we want to get in our society without stirring things up.
1: Welcome to Insights, the podcast of Forerunners of America, and I'm excited about today because we're talking about how to contend for the faith, how to be actually doing things in public situations where we are honoring God and following Him and making a difference. And I'm very excited today about the guests that we have, because they've both done this recently, and they have a history of doing this, and they're both pastors. And so I want to welcome first uh, Pastor Scott Cernick from Brown Town, Wisconsin. Welcome, Scott.
2: Thanks, Dave. Good to be here.
1: Yeah, and Scott, can you just share a little bit about your background, anything maybe pertinent to our topic today?
2: My background is um, in the in the public schools. I taught in the public schools for over 30 years, and I'm still teaching part-time today, and I've also pastored alongside that that path for years and years, so um, yeah, I'm I'm seeing things in our culture that I'm glad to address from the pulpit, and so yeah, that's a little bit of my background, and, and I have a, a great desire to help our young people in this dark time that we
1: live. And if I remember right, Scott, correct me if I'm wrong, but you uh, were mostly uh, you know, in public education as a teacher, and you were sort of a pastor secondarily for a number of years, but now it's just the reverse. You're, you're primarily a pastor, but you're secondarily in the public schools.
2: That's exactly right. Yeah, I was a full-time teacher for 27 years. I taught health and physical education in a public school district, and then we we had a startup church that was my secondary career and then retired from the from the teaching and took on a church full time and now i'm teaching you know as a secondary part time just in the mornings
1: Great. And we talked about on a, a previous podcast about what God's doing in your church, which is so encouraging. And also want to actually welcome your brother here to Insights for the first time on the podcast. So this is Kevin Cernick. And what town is your church in, Kevin?
0: My church is in Martintown, Wisconsin, which is just on the Wisconsin side of the Wisconsin Illinois border in Green County. And I've been in the ministry for 36 years, and I've been the pastor at our church for the last 30 years. It's my first church, and I hope it's my last church. I have no intention of retiring. I'm hoping that I can put 50 years in at one church. And I tell our congregation, I hope that when the Lord calls me home, calls me home on a Sunday afternoon during my nap when I just got done preaching one sermon and before I've started preparing the next. That way I don't waste any time on a sermon I can't preach. And so I just <laughs> want to say that during the during COVID, we didn't close our doors. We stayed open. We, we had people that their churches were closed. And since then, our Sunday morning attendance has grown by over 300% and the Holy Spirit is everywhere, and I see the reason for our growth is because people are tired of God being reduced to a a private entity where they say, I'll have my religion my way, you can have yours, and God can have his. We believe that uh, one's faith must permeate every aspect of one's life, whether it be private, public, and everywhere in between. The Christians in our church are yearning for the truth of God's word to affect every aspect of their lives as it relates to God, to themselves, to their families, their communities, and ultimately to our country. And so that is what motivates me. That's what I get up in the morning for. And I've been blessed beyond measure. We've always had a growing congregation. The Holy Spirit has always been alive and in the last three years, God has just poured out His blessing upon us. It's it's just unreal, and totally we're just He's totally worth every bit of our prayer. And if
1: I remember right, uh, Scott, you as well, you might have taken a Sunday or two off when early on in COVID, but you really stayed open as well and, and have received blessings as such. Also, is that right?
2: Absolutely, and we we didn't take a Sunday off. We we met in a park in our parking lot for well was three we met three weeks in the local park and then we met in our church parking lot for two and then we're like let's get back in the building so
1: okay but we can't stay on covid because our topic today is a bit different and it's very recent what you guys were involved in so i want to move into that and that is in green county which is in southern wisconsin bordering illinois Uh, In Greene County, on April 18th, they had a special meeting, and if one or both of you can please explain, what what did you find yourselves in the middle of on April 18th? Well, um,
0: we found that the night, April 17th, we found out that that the Greene County Health and Human Services, I think was the name of the committee, was having a meeting the next day at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. And so, you know, most meetings take place in the evening, um, but for some reason they moved this up to 2 o'clock. And one of the agenda items was the LGBTQ was pushing to make Green County, Wisconsin, make June Pride Month in Green County, Wisconsin. And so we decided to resist that. So we mobilized our forces, our people. We got the word out and the next day we went to the meeting at 2 o'clock on April 18th, and, of course, there there were many of us there. There was several people in the LGBTQ community who came, and so they moved on the agenda. They moved the LGBTQ Pride Month up to the first item, so they did that first, and for an hour and a half, people took turns. Talking, You had three minutes each to speak, and we each got to say whatever we wanted to say about the what we thought of the Pride Month. So different people came, and they in favor of it. They gave their opinion. Those of us who were not in favor of it gave ours. And it just went on, like I said, for an hour and a half, back and forth. And then they voted.
1: Before and, you continue, I just want to interject and ask, now federally— um, there's already an LGBTQ month for all 50 states. Why in the world do you think that this was at the county level, uh, trying to be promoted or uh, advocated and ultimately accepted? At least that's their, that was their desire. Like why, why focus on having this approved or ratified locally for a whole month of LGBTQ celebration?
0: Well, they said they wanted to keep up with the feds and the state. The state had already endorsed it, and as a county, it was our moral responsibility, basically, to endorse it as well because these kids' lives lives are in jeopardy, and if we don't affirm them, they're going to go out and harm themselves was the message of the day.
2: Well, and I think, too, that we're we're right south of Dane County, which is the county where our state capital Madison is, and Dane County has traditionally been extremely left on these issues and so there's a spillover effect and and so we've had we've had that we've seen that where where it's spilling into the county and they want us to be you know enlightened like the people are in Dane County. So it was a real push. I felt like even on that day on April 18th, when, when uh, uh, the, the banter went back and forth, it felt like, cause you had to give your name and where you were from. Many of those people were from Dane County that spoke uh, from the other side. And uh, we're, we're really, as, as Kevin said, the the big push was we've got to, we've got to save the, the young people from this great dilemma, this great you know stress on their life that they're suicidal. If we don't give them a month and we don't, um, you know, advocate for them, we're gonna we're gonna see a huge spike in suicides. And this was the push, you know, how how loving it would be to uh, to proclaim June as Pride Month.
0: I would like to also build on what Scott just said, and that is that the speakers who spoke on the 18th as they identified themselves and where they were from there was a large number from dane rock and iowa counties who came in for that meeting they were not green county residents and the same at the may 9th uh, when the county supervisors voted on it there were most of the people i don't have percentages because i don't know everybody but most of the people were not from green county and so in order to get the support they needed, they had to reach out to these neighboring counties that that uh, are more accepting of this kind
1: of thing. In order to have that presence in Greene County, so it, actually now that you're at this point of explaining this uh, event and what happened, it it actually seems like it was organized on the LGBTQ side, because you said at the outset, Kevin, that you found out about the meeting the day before, and it was unusually at two in the afternoon. So now you've got people traveling from these other counties that knew that it was at two in the afternoon, and they, sounds to me like, maybe had a little bit more warning or a heads up on this this meeting, which, you know, I can't prove that, but I'm just saying, listening to you guys, okay, this sounds a bit fabricated meaning from the outs outside uh influences of of green county but uh let's leave that and let's transition into really i think part of the heart of our discussion today and that is why in the world would you guys bother to show up to such a thing i mean i know very few pastors that are are thinking at all about showing up or even are aware of what's going on at the county meetings. And by the way, don't you guys get to do your influencing on Sunday mornings? Like, why in the world are you showing up to an event like this? And, and by the way, I'm not just you, but I know there were some other just, uh, like, non-pastor Christian, just Christians in general that showed up to the, the Green County uh, Human Services meeting, um, but most Christians I know of are com- completely unaware of this kind of thing. And even if they were aware, they would say, why show up?
2: And see, Dave, that baffles me because as a believer, we're taught from the very first days of of our Sunday school lessons are to stand up for the Lord. And I'm just thinking of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You know, they're not going to bow down and worship an idol. They're just, they're going to take a stand and let God handle it and i think for for me personally part of and, and i was the same way i i just got an email the day before and i believe it was from one of the board members uh who wanted to let the pastors know he wanted to let the churches know one of the the actual um, uh, committee members on the green county board but at any rate our son and, and i've talked to you about this before but our son has just gone through a real a real um um stressful time in his life because he's he's a teacher in a public school and came into us one of these um situations with with a transgender student and he was he was required by the district to use that student's preferred gender name and pronoun and he he lovingly said, I'm sorry, I I can't do that. I can't accentuate a lie that God God did not make a mistake when it came to genders, and I'm not going to do that. And then they came in again, and they said, well, there there will be, you know, well, first they said, have you changed your mind? No, and a couple months later, there will be disciplinary action. Uh, are you ready to reconsider? And, and I watched him uh, be so bold, and I thought, you know that is that is exactly what we should be doing. And when this came up, uh, yeah, we 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 let our church people know. And I was amazed at how many jumped on board to come to the meeting and to share. And um, and so, yeah, I think it's in, in Ephesians five twelve. It's it says expose the deeds of darkness. And I think. I think uh, we we must do that in, the, in these days because it's only going to get darker and uh, we have to shine the light. So that's my thoughts on that.
0: Well, first of all, I'd like to say that these issues, whether it be abortion, LGBTQ, CRT, BLM, atheism, I address these every Sunday in my sermons They because God's word is so relevant that these things all are all relevant to today but my the my heroes from the bible are people like elijah and jeremiah and amos and of course paul and silas but you know elijah it says in first kings 18 that he went to the uh the, the it was time for the drought to be over so god told him to go meet the king and when he met the king king ahab said to him oh there you are O troubler of israel And Elijah said back to King Ahab, he said, I am not the troubler of Israel. You are because you and your forefathers have chosen to worship Balaam instead of the one true God. And then Elijah, in my in my mind, he got right up in the king's face and said, this is the way it's going to be. Jeremiah, for years, for two and a half decades, he went down to the town square every day and he said, God's judgment is coming if you do not repent. God's judgment is coming. And they even locked him in the stocks. And he, and they spit on him and hit him and made fun of him and he still did it. You got a guy like Amos, who is a farmer, and the Lord came to Amos and said, You have to tell the people that judgment's coming. And the reaction from the, the, the military to the king, King Zedekiah, was, You got to get rid of Amos. We got to get him, we got to kill him. We got to give him off the face of the earth. Instead of listening to the message, They wanted to kill him along with Jeremiah, and but it didn't stop these guys. It didn't slow them down at all. And then you get to the New Testament and you have people like Paul and Silas who, you know, everywhere they went, they stirred up a riot. Why? Because they were telling the good news of Jesus Christ. And so I see that, you know, people say, well, we don't want to make waves. We don't want to offend people. You know, I had people tell me that we just want you to preach the gospel. I come to church to hear the Bible. And I'm like, yes you do, but we also have to put that in the context of our times and what the application is. And and you can't you it's impossible to get the results that we want to get in our society without stirring things up. You cannot just sit idly by. You cannot preach a impotent gospel that never makes waves and never shakes things up. And it's not even biblical because in Bible times, Old Testament, and New Testament, those guys turned the world on its ear with the message that they had. And they were fearless. Paul didn't care if they even took his life. He said, this is my calling. I'm doing this. And if it, if it's the end of me, it's the end of me. And it ended up being the end of him. He died when he was only 68 years old, but he never, ever buckled to anything. And I think, in my mind, you know, I've, I go back, back when I was in Bible college back in the 80s. My wife and I went to the abortion clinics, and we talked to the people going in, and we tried to, to, uh, to, to befriend them and tell them there's another way than losing your baby. And we, we were ridiculed. We were harassed. People went by in their, their trucks and talked. Back then, CBs were big. They talked through the speakers. But it never phased us, and this doesn't phase us. And I think the whole, the whole, uh, the restrictions that came from COVID were really preparation for more things, greater things to come. Because my message is from day one of COVID, and from March till whenever, was that we don't live by fear, we live by faith, and we live by faith, and we take a stand on faith. God's word is what we live by. And we don't have to be afraid. We don't have to be afraid to go to public forums. We don't have to be afraid to speak what we want. We don't have to be afraid when they say, introduce yourself to say, my name is Kevin Cernick and I'm the pastor of Martintown Community Church. I want people to know that. And I'm not, I I don't fear them at all. God is way more powerful. Satan can only do what God lets him do and God promises that he's going to be with us and take us through and walk with us, and that he will never leave us nor forsake us, be strong and courageous in the Lord. He told Joshua, everywhere you step your foot, I will give that land to you. So God's command to us is to take that step. We have to take the step, and God promises he'll give it to us. And those are the promises that I'm hanging on to. And he's faithful
2: to those promises, because we've seen it. And and, and our, our son lost his job. And now it's like, God, what do you got for him? What's coming next? Billy Graham used to preach. with It seems like he had a newspaper in one hand and the Bible in the other because he knew the times. And I say that, too. I say we have to address the times that we're living in. Otherwise, our gospel is not hitting
0: people where the rubber meets the road, you know, where their lives are, where their choices are. I want to say this too and that is that you know we get accused of hate you know the it's all hate 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 from our side but the other side they can pour out all the hate they want and it's not considered that but I love these people I love the LGBT, lgbtq people I love them because they're made in God's image and they God God created them and he created them for a purpose and they're they've been deceived. They're they're being led astray. They're being led to their death. And I can't. My heart breaks for 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 each one of uh, each one of them who is who is suffering and and feels out of place and is, seeking, is searching. because really the bottom line is they're seeking. They're searching for meaning. They're, they're they're searching for purpose in life. And we have the answer, but but if we. It, you know, Paul says in Romans ten, you know, the the hear, the what is it C- uh, comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, and who's got to tell them if we don't if we don't? And that's how I look at this.
1: So it's interesting that. Um, I think—well, first, let me say I hope that there's plenty of pastors hearing this podcast and taking notes right now. But one thing I think we need to understand in the body of Christ, and I am directing this a bit more to pastors, is that if you don't speak and preach on these topics— on Sunday morning or Saturday night, whenever your services are, if you don't preach on these from the Bible, the people in your congregation, two things happen. One is they're like, well, we never talk about it at church, so why would I be salt and light out in the culture? Why would I have to say anything? We don't even talk about it in our church. And then secondly, what happens is, and I've seen this happen uh, with the LGBTQ issue, is people right within our churches start to adopt these mindsets. They start to think in the ways of the world on these topics. If we do not preach, we are negligent, and the blood is on our hands. It has to begin within the church. Now, you guys are saying two things. One, yes, address this in church boldly, forthrightly, etc., but then you've got to do it outside the church walls, outside of Sunday mornings. You've got to do it everywhere, and this would be a game-changer for the body of Christ if we actually will do what you both are are saying. So we're going to circle back to some um, specific ways here of responding in faith. We've already obviously hit some, like we want to be practical on this pa- podcast, as well as put out the warning of what's going on here, even in uh, uh, these types of, of county meetings and so forth. But before we continue here, you guys each took your three minutes on April 18th, at the Green County Human Services Board meeting, where this hearing was happening, which, by the way, it's very interesting that it didn't happen with elected officials. These people are not elected, and then they were the ones. This group on April eighteenth were the ones that could either approve it or reject it as a recommendation to the county supervisors, who are elected officials. We'll get to that later. But it's very interesting to me how this was sort of a very squirrely how this whole thing went down, and and so so forth. But you guys each took your three minutes. What did you say during the three minutes that you had and why? Well, I had
2: a chance to, to speak fairly early in the meeting and, and, but there had already been a lot of, a lot of this anger directed at um, Christians from the other side. there had already been two or three people that were just spewing anger and uh, hatred and, and yet in the same in the same vein they were they were pointing their finger at christians for being hateful and so i just wanted to say right off the bat that i just i said we love the lgbtq because god loves them and as kevin said he has a plan and a purpose and we're all created in his image and i wanted to make that the foundation of what I had to say is that we're here in love and and also because we love God and we want to obey him. And he told us to love others, but he also told us to be very, very firm in our, in our stand, in the truth, in the word of God and not to be, you know, not to uh, compromise in any way. And so I tried to say that at first and I heard a few smirks and I saw a few smirks and a few sighs when I said that, Um, but I also said, you know, why are we focusing so much on people's private sexuality as being something that is so, needs to be so prominent in our society when there's so many other things we could focus on? And uh, I guess that was that was part of my was my thoughts when i when i had a chance to speak that you know that that i wanted to focus on the truth of god's word that he does have a standard of right and wrong and that he created us in his image and so that was that was where i
0: came from on my three minutes kevin okay um I said similar to that, I said that the struggles that we face in society today and the reasons why we as Christians grieve things like the LGBTQIAA plus Pride Month is not because we hate the people involved, it's because we hate the premise on which it is founded, and that's the premise of pride, because pride is the original sin that that destroyed the human race. And pride should never be celebrated. It should be confronted, and it should be repented of. And in simple terms, the struggles we face in society today are the result of pride. It's man wanting to be God, and it's suppressing the truth of God for a lie and thinking oneself to be wise. They become fools, and, and the next thing you know we were facing these kinds of situations. And I said that in, in about that many words as kind, kindly as I could. But, you know, I feel, I feel that the, the LGBTQ people, the promoters of it, they, they think in their hearts, they feel in their hearts, they're doing the right thing. They feel like this is what needs to be done. This is how we save kids lives. This is how we affirm people. And in that regard, it saddens me because they are so deceived and so misled and we need to we need to 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 face what it is we're facing and instead of looking at all these symptoms in society we need to get to the core of the problem
2: there's also a real dark side to it too that i think is the underlying work of satan and in the demonic side but it's used it's used as a recruiting tool. If, if the month of June, if they had it their way, it would be, it would be uh, you know, pamphlets. It would be drag queens. It would be everything well, you can Scott, imagine to recruit. That's already
0: out there. Since that May 9th meeting, I don't know if this was in the works or if it's been taking place uh, all along, but there's a drag bingo night sponsored by Minhas Brewery. Which was held on May twenty second, I believe, and it was twenty five dollars a ticket. And so I shared this with our congregation, and one of the guys came up to me uh, afterwards and said, "Bingo was a kids' game we used to play, and now now it's a drag game, you know." And so I think the depth of the depth of this, what Scott was talking about a m- couple minutes ago it's much deeper than what people realize. And I think the people that spoke at the meetings and, you know, the the emotion and everything, they, they, they see it. They, they don't see the depth of the issues that, that we're facing. They just see it as these kids need our support and love and affirmation. And if you don't give it to them, you hate them.
1: So what do you both do with, um, the, this whole notion that if you don't allow these kids to move into their LGBTQIA uh, lifestyle, uh, that they are going to get suicidal and they will kill themselves. Well, what's your answer to that?
2: I really like what what my son said to the school board meeting on the night that he was fired. He said that for for young people to be seeking to find their identity and their security in their sexuality, if we don't address that and steer them into a place where their, their foundation, their identity, their security is, is only uh, going to be strengthened through a relationship with Jesus, then, then we're not, we're not helping them whatsoever. So, My and it's not it's not a message that society accepts, but it's truth, and we need to share it, and we need to share it publicly, boldly, because it is so powerful when it's embraced that Christ is the answer, and uh, not to shy away from it we we can't really play we can't really out debate or out uh, you know talk the the community because they they come at you with with guilt and so on but we just have to turn it back on on to the lord and and his his truth and his desire to have a relationship with us
1: and that this is how god originally created us and so again it's going to be interesting with so many atheists non-christian secular environment to be bringing up whether it's christ and the gospel and his purposes or this other biblical teaching of God created male and female, and we're, we're going against how God created us. But nevertheless, it's how the non-Christian world gets a conscience. They need to realize that there is a purposes, the way God has created things, there's right and wrong. And honestly, you could be cultivating the soil for people to respond to the gospel by helping them see that this is not how God created us, and and, and as well as then it becomes more, uh, more destructive to us. Whenever we do something against God's design, it's destructive ultimately to us, even if it looks favorable in the moment. But uh, I want to move on, but Kevin, you want to jump in?
0: Well, I would just say that From what I've read, statistically speaking, 98% of of youth that have gender dysphoria outgrow it. And when they become adolescents or older, you know, they so to to uh, demand that we mutilate bodies and do the hormone therapy and all that kind of thing, because a child uh, decides has made a decision is. It's really child abuse.
1: Yeah, I I agree. Of course, um, it's not what God designed or what He created, and what the uh, the the commands of Scripture would uh, uphold. Very much in contrast, I I would want to add to this whole thing because I heard President Biden talking about this when he uh, named it the uh, the end of April, or it might have been the, actually the end of March, but he. Uh, designated a day in the calendar now for Transgender Visibility Day. This is a, so. This is a completely separate thing than LGBTQ Month uh, federally being in June, as well as now uh, you know in in counties and so forth. But this is this is a related topic, and and he explained that the same thing that they're not being affirmed, therefore they're committing suicide. But what the data shows, the data shows even. Uh, when people are fully affirmed in their transition from male to female or female to male, and they've done the hormone therapy, they've done, uh, Uh, gender reassignment surgery. And they've gone the whole way and they are in an affirming environment. There's nobody saying to them, don't do it. They're all supporting them. Actually, those people experience a much higher suicide rate than the average uh, 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 person in the general public. So there's some really bizarre things going on here where they're not allowing people or they're not embracing a lot of scientific data that's out there.
2: And there's a tidal wave hitting our society, hitting our culture, and that's the pro-trans and the pro-LGBTQIA+. I mean, it's a tidal wave. It's storming through the schools, and uh, they're telling young people, you know, if they have any kind of gender anxiety, that it, there's something that, you know, they, they could very well be trans and this kind of thing. So we're we're up against it and we have to we have to stand but uh, andy stanley wrote a book not in it to win it not in it to win it and he was saying basically pull out of the public debate on these issues and just concentrate on on the you know salvation and the gospel but we we can't afford to do that or our or our society will will swallow us up
0: Well, and I think along those same lines is that, you know, and as I analyzed going to the Health and Human Resources Committee meeting and taking our three minutes to talk and an hour and a half of sitting there, I wondered just how productive that time really was because nobody's minds were changed, you know, I mean, we, I mean, God knows the eternal effect of it, but. But I think that when it comes to this, you know, by the time it gets to the the county level, to these levels, people's minds are pretty much made up. But I think that the the uh, the future of our country is in our churches. It's who, it's what our churches stand for. Like Scott was saying, that the children that come up through our churches and out into society and the homes you know where the parents teach them at home and and as pastors we have to we have to have the courage of our convictions because you know courage conviction without courage is nothing you're never going to change the world you've got to be able to get out there and you've got to be able to say what you think say what the Bible says and uh, if, if you I, I think that any kind of courage that you're going to have depends on your theology. And if you've got an inadequate doctrine of God, then you're going to be afraid. If our God isn't big enough, if our God isn't bigger, you know, if our God isn't, we sang the song last Sunday that we sang in Sunday school when I was a kid, I'm in the Lord's army. I may never march in the infantry, shoot the artillery, ride in the cavalry, you know, then I put the video up on the screen. And we're in the Lord's army. It's his battle, but we're out on the battlefront. And if I could go back to Joshua again, God told Joshua he would give him the land. He would win the battles, but Joshua had to put forth the effort. Joshua had to take the steps. Joshua had to get the get the armies together. And then God guaranteed the victory. So Uh, that's us now, that's us now. I mean, we've got to be motivated, we've got to be mobilized, we've got to take a stand, we've got to be courageous, and we have to expect that God's going to do great and mighty things that we know not, right, in our midst. And and that's, like I said, that's why I get up in the morning. It's not so I can go to town meetings and county meetings and so I can listen to this and that, but it's so that I can equip the saints that we can uh, put on the armor of God, we can take our stand, we can we can go on the offensive, and we can do God's work and do it in a biblical context. and And let God let let the ashes fall, but God's the one going to make the difference. But right now, we're His water carriers, so to speak.
1: And it's it's hard for me to imagine. Um, being the salt of the earth and light of the world without being out among the people of the earth and of the world. It's like, yes, it's preached the gospel, but the salt of the earth is also about preserving God's values within the culture. And that is what you guys chose to do and so forth. And I, I want to, I want to, um, uh, circle back on maybe a, uh, final call here to us and so forth. But but I think that whether it's Andy Stanley or some of these other things you guys have been talking about, we have a fundamental misunderstanding. These are not culture wars. These are spiritual wars. They're really wars over God's truth versus the father of lies as Jesus called Satan, the father of lies, spreading his lies throughout the culture. Like if we If we don't see this for what it is, meaning we're the church over here is the, I believe, the lie we're believing, and over there is is the culture. We don't see this what this really is in terms of what the enemy is trying to do. We probably won't stand up. But if we do see it, we will stand up, and we will become, as you said, Kevin, part of the Lord's army, because it's what he requires of his people to be salt and light. Yes, it's the gospel, the light to the world, but it's also the salt, and we are it's, uh, it's on us to be making sure we're representing Christ and the biblical truths on every topic. These are not simply culture wars to be dismissed. They are uh, spiritual wars, uh, and again, uh, lies versus truth. But I want you guys to throw in whatever you have, but I also, we can't let our listeners not know that this county meeting on April 18th only led up to a referral where they did pass, um, I believe, wasn't it like uh, 16 to 14, they passed the LGBTQ month to onto the county supervisors. Now, these are the elected officials again, and these are the ones that ultimately decide for Green County if this will be a... Uh, 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 a a, a month long pride celebration for LGBTQ. So it does get passed out of this county meeting where there's a hearing. Now on May 9th, there's no hearing. They're just going to vote these uh, 31. I guess it is in that on that uh, group. There's 31, but I, that's where I got confused. That actually on the the human services meeting of April 18th, it was a group of uh, of nine, as Nothing. I recall. Yeah, yeah. that, that it,
2: vote. It was eight to one in favor of sending it to the the Green County Board, and then that board voted seventeen to fourteen to make it a countywide declaration that June is LGBTQ plus
0: Pride Month. So, so we it's came it. up we came up two votes short. We needed two more no votes, and it would have been sixteen to fifteen. It ended up being seventeen to fourteen, and so. And there were a couple of, of county supervisors who voted no on the abortion one in March who voted yes on this one. So we were very disappointed. And they, from what I understand, they were professing believers um, who voted yes. But, but that's just hearsay as far as I'm concerned.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I want to put out one other scripture here before we close, but is there any last lingering thought or point that either of you want to make that we just haven't gotten to here? And then I'm going to bring out this last challenge, and, and then we're going to wrap up.
0: Well, I just want to say that at the Human Services meeting on April 18th, one of the ladies took her three minutes, and she stepped up to the microphone, and she read Romans chapter uh, 1 in its entirety. And I felt that was just powerful. She was just reading God's word. And I was praying the whole time and and holding on to the promise that when God's word goes out, he says in Isaiah 55, it accomplishes what he wants it to and it does not come back to him empty. And I thought that was very bold of her and really a great way to fill up her three minutes of, of public speaking time.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think, I think, um, you know God wants to do something we're we're living in the times you were just talking about it we're we're in we're in the spiritual warfare times where we're at the point where Satan is making a final push and he's going after young people and and I I think we need to stand in there with truth for our young people and and I I do go into the to the school this year. I I was hired again after taking a five year break from teaching in a public school. And somehow the Lord opened up a door for me to go back in. And now I'm I'm teaching health again to 13 year olds and 14 year olds. And just to see their 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 hunger for me to say something that makes sense in this, in what they're being bombarded with. And, uh, you know, when when I came to this church here, they asked me, they said, what are you going to do to bring young families back to church? And I said, I'm not going to do anything. I'm going to let the Holy Spirit work through you because I'm teaching you and making you hungry for his word. And that's and that's what we've done is presented the Word and I now have four or five Bible studies going on and it's just simply studying the the scripture and God is doing something through all of that and I think that's our calling card today. If we're going to be salt and light, we've got to use the scripture and, and and the truth.
0: So I'd like to say just a couple things then too as we as we close, but you know people, In my church, they'll ask me on occasions, say, why is the church today so weak and so seemingly ineffective? And my answer is, it's because it lacks courage. It lacks courage in its leaders, the shepherds. And you mentioned, Dave, earlier, David and Goliath. But, you know, when David shepherded his flock, he was out there in front. He was killing lions and bears with his bare hands. And when Goliath made a mockery of Israel's faith, David took matters into his own hands. And by the power of God, he sent Satan retreating. And we don't see much of that today, but it's there. It's out there. We have it at our church. And if I, you know, it, it, I heard, uh, I heard, uh, I saw a clip somewhere where the pastor said that, you know, after. Uh, Roe v. Wade was overturned if you did not hear your pastor celebrating that decision he said then you need to find another church and I say if you have not heard from the pulpit about the culture war that is raging and put that into the biblical context of our day if you're not being challenged from the pulpit and taught on how to deal with atheism and critical race theory and BLM and the LGBTQ and pornography and all the other issues that are attacking Christian values in today's culture, then I think that your church lacks courage and it lacks foresight. We have to address these issues head on.
1: Well, in this closing challenge I want to give, it's really I think will give us a conscience Related to what you just said, Kevin, as well as what you just said, Scott, like, okay, are we going to speak out on these issues first in our churches, but secondly, at county board meetings and, uh, uh, um, school board meetings and our families, extended families, like people need to hear the truth from us as Christians. If they don't hear the truth from us, where are they going to hear it? They're not. And this evil is going to continue to steamroll, and we're not going to be uh, effectively salt and light as God uh, called us to be. But I want to read this scripture because it really puts a, a like a, it, it pricks my conscience, and I think it will. Like, and I, if there's pastors out there um, that are not preaching on these issues, I think. Listen to this and weigh it for yourself. And if just Christians in general are listening to this podcast, listen to this. Can we really do nothing at this point? Is that really God's response? Anyway, uh, Proverbs chapter 24, starting in verse 11, um, and I'm going to read verses 11 and 12. I'll put it up on the screen for those that are getting this podcast at uh, YouTube and, and Rumble. But this, this scripture says this, rescue those being led away to death hold back those staggering toward the slaughter. Now, when we think about people that, uh, especially in this transgender area, they're, they're mutilating their own bodies, they're doing it with, whether it's public school teachers advocating that, mean, um, it's clear that the schools don't want the parents involved often with these decisions, and, the, and that in itself has an evil undercurrent to it. But the point is, is if you know of people that are being led to their death, and this is kind of a, a, a death to truth in a sense, and, and what's happening to them, And I would include all of LGBTQ following this ideology is going to lead them to death and spiritual death. But it goes on to say here, um, so rescue those being led away to death, hold back those staggering toward the slaughter. If you say, so now this is talking about us as believers. If you say, but we knew nothing about this, does not he, meaning God does not he who weighs the heart perceive it so he knows if you've made an excuse he knows uh if you know better and you're uh being you're responding as a coward the opposite of what kevin just outlined he knows meaning you do respond as a coward the opposite of courage and then it goes on to say this does not he that is god um, does not he who regards your life know it? Will he not repay everyone according to what they've done, or in this case, what they have not done? God looks in our hearts, and he knows if we're making excuses, not standing up. Can we, can we honestly say, in this day and hour, can we honestly say, as Christians, that, oh, I didn't know the Bible taught that God created male and female, and oh, I, I didn't know that the younger generation, that this is influencing them, these ideologies. I, I just didn't know. I, so I was so God, I did nothing. Can we honestly say that? And God says, "I'm looking in your heart. I'm looking at your motives. I'm looking at what you actually do know." So let's rise up and let's do the very things that God tells us to do. And um, and with that, um, any any final uh, any final comment from either of you?
2: I just appreciate Dave your your heart too as a layman <laughs> a leader in this in this regard to get the word out to uh, you know it says in Romans 1 that we we are without excuse man is without excuse and then and then of course remember when Jesus said and you know it would be better for those that are leading the the children astray that a millstone be tied around your neck and thrown into the sea Um, he cares and we better care too
0: and I will say, Dave, also, I want to echo that. Thank you for your work and for your heart, for the Lord's work and for this time today. And um, it, as far as the rescuing and things like that, you know, I they I was told that a lot of the county supervisor positions ran unopposed, and people, the you know, the leftists were voted in because they had no one running against them, people didn't think it made any difference. They thought, you know, we're going to be voting on budgets and lawn mowing contracts and things like that. And all of a sudden, this is forced upon a county that the majority of the people don't want, but it's the small majority of people in power rule. And I encourage our people to run for office, run for township positions, run for the village positions, run for the county positions. If you feel led of the Lord, or if that's a calling in your heart, get out there. And that young man that Scott said sent an email out announcing that meeting the night before, he's just twenty one years old. He's the youngest guy ever elected to the Green County board. And he in hit the district that he lives in, there was someone running unopposed. And so he got on the ballot and he went to every single house in his district, knocked on the door, and he got into got won the election. And I'm encouraging our people to to do those same kind of things.
1: And if we don't do these things, what we're really doing is we're just handing over the reins, meaning the future of whether it's Green County or our state or our nation. We're just handing it over to evil people that probably are not uh, reading their Bibles every day. They're probably not in prayer. They probably have no idea that there's an actual moral compass. And as Christians, can we really Uh, allow that, like, well, it's just uh, an election and whatever, and we'll just let politics be politics. I do not see it that way at all. I see it that God very much looks at the leadership of a nation. Now, we do see that more highlighted in the Old Testament, but he looks at the leadership of a nation, and that's part of what he weighs in the balance. These kings were known for either uh, being evil— or, or that, they, uh, that they followed the Lord and so forth. And so this is so vital, and I believe that God is calling his people to take on these influential positions. And so um, thanks, both of you, for being with me today on Insights. I appreciate both of you. I also want to thank everyone for joining us and listening to this podcast. And remember, that every time on this podcast, we're here to warn the nation uh, from a biblical perspective, and we're here to help you respond in faith. We are warning you today if we do nothing on these issues in this highlighted green county, but this is going on in every county in America, or I should say, the vast majority of counties, even out of the way counties, um, uh, if we do nothing, we are responsible if we don't warn people of, of the choices they're making. We're right back to Ezekiel 33, that the blood is on our hands. We have to speak out, even if it's not Ezekiel 33, just because we we want to be salt and light. We have to speak out on every topic that the Bible speaks to. In pretty much everything in culture, the Bible speaks to. So we're here every time to help you uh, to, or to warn the nation from a biblical perspective, but also to help you respond in faith in uh, pastor's um Scott Cernick and Kevin Cernick have given us clear, practical ways on how to respond in faith. These are not secondary issues. These are primary issues. And I I hope that you take this to heart and begin in these areas of our broader culture, in this case, our counties, that you begin to respond in faith and represent Christ. I look forward to being with you next time on Insights.